pandemonium reigns. Yo, family and friends, welcome back. Pandemonium reigns in your speakers, in your ears, in your business. It's game week. Yes, Lord, we've made it, folks. <laughs> it is finally here. Game week. We did have some week zero action. We did. Don't know what to think about that. Southern Cal still doesn't have a defense. It, is it indicative that we didn't preview and we're not going to recap those games, really? <sighs> we would be if had Hawaii pulled that off, but... Yeah, we would. And, and they do look improved. You know, shout out to them, honestly, with with the tragedies that's been going on in their lands. And I know impacts a lot of their players and how sacred their land is to them for real. I, I mean that prayers to, to those people and everyone involved. Cause what a, what a dumpster fire, literally, unfortunately <laughs> in the handling of the, of the situation. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I'm getting at. Tragedy, yeah. tragedy yeah. realistically, but handled very poorly. Yeah. Not the same as a kitchen stove fire, you know, not that it is not that not the same not the same some major major shout outs to their effort on saturday yes night. yes anyway so pray for those guys um I'll, I'll take no more shots at our government let's talk football let's do it i do plan on putting out if we can get together great if can't you know maybe we can do it separately you know some final predictions who's going to be in the playoff who's going to win the conferences stuff like that who's going to be the natty winner so forth and so on i want that out but man i really want that to be the last of talking season mm-hmm. i'm talking done with talking over. season list season sucked and it's over with my book yes yes so let's get into this it is it's game week for the tennessee volunteers thank you for tuning in to this orange cast it would do is such beautiful things to our bodies if you would um that's weird if you would uh like and subscribe (laughs) if you would hit the follow button if you'd comment let us know what you think all that good stuff anyhow diving into this josh heupel spoke to the press today uh in his opening game week press conference and because of we now have a two deep death chart and i have it pulled up here on my phone I have not looked at it yet. I'm excited to look at this. I'm sure you've glanced at it because. Oh, yeah. You were one of those kids that when it, it was Christmas time, you were like, Mom, it's Christmas Eve. It's, bas- it's basically Christmas. Let me open a gift now. I was a, a reasoner. I was a, a beggar in some sorts. And in, in some instances, I was a beggar. Been uh, not too proud to admit it. But uh, yeah, you could say that I've uh, perused the depth chart and. Uh, there's some de- definitely some interesting things that I'm excited to walk through with you. Okay, good deal. Well, let's let's start with the obvious. Uh, I shouldn't even have to look. Quarterback Joe Milton. My question, though, I want to see. Of course, I, I probably would have been able to guess this going in. Yep, number two, Nico Iamaleava, which Correct. raises questions for me. I mean, Gaston has been in this offense for quite a few years now. Gaston Moore, you know, beauting the beast slayer uh, with a name like that. <clears throat> anyhow, anyhow, uh, you know, if if Joe goes down, is is Nico really the second guy? Especially in as early as a Virginia game, I would say it's probably Nico. But if we get into the, you know, if Nico hasn't had any significant snaps and we get into Gainesville, is it still Nico? 
That is interesting. Um, I, I think, and this is not to take a shot at Gaston Moore, um, but I think it just talks to the car- the caliber of quarterback that he is. Um, he's a fine, probably mid-level, a, probably a fine UCF quarterback because that's where he started out with the same staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's elements to this that, you know, I think you can forget about a red shirt for Nico because I think whether Tennessee's up in games or if Tennessee's down in games, um, or if Joe does, you know, t- have to miss time, which has been ve- way too common at Tennessee and across the sport in general, I think they're just on pins and needles to get Nico in there, really. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think you look at a guy like him. Sure, you'd love it if you had him, but I don't think you'd look at him as a four- or five-year quarterback um, at Tennessee. I think you'd look at him as a, a future top five, top ten pick in the draft um, is what you look at him as, and I think that's the way they feel about him. I think they're just on pins and needles, man, for, again, for him to get his shot. Um, he's obviously not beating Joe out. That makes a lot of sense as Joe is basically in the same boat as Gaston. He's been in this offense a long time. Um, Gaston's been in it a little bit longer maybe, but mm-hmm. uh, but Joe's an old veteran, and mm-hmm. I think it just speaks more so to how how deep the itch is for them to to see what Nico can really do and and help him get there as quickly as possible. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't totally hate that. I'd be a little surprised if they they allow him to play more than four games just just to presume preserve. Excuse me, any kind of eligibility. You know, I would imagine they'd be thinking ahead. But you know, we'll talk Virginia a little bit later. But an ideal situation come Saturday is we get up big and quick, and he can get a lot of meaningful reps. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. So quarterbacks out of the way, running back. Jabari Small or Jalen Wright. I just think at this rate, Jalen's going to be the first one to take the field at that position. Uh, all the buzz has been around his name in the offseason. Uh, Jabari Small has constantly been dinged up, can never seem to be to be healthy. So doesn't surprise me. Uh, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, then Dylan Sampson and Cameron Selden. Excited to see that. Yeah, very excited for the future of that position. That's one of those positions similar similar to linebacker where the depth, the talent level is just on a crazy spike right now. It's coming up quick. Uh, again, and it's adding depth, which is highly needed. Not even mentioned is Khalifa Keith, who the staff really seems to like and who I think will be a major contributor over three or four years for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Jalen. I think he's running back one. Um, his His buzz, man, has been – insane and it really never stopped from last season i mean he he ended last season strong he he just had insane buzz insane nil deals over the over the early off season and then i think this is really his year to shine i think he's viewing it as a contract year, looking to to make some draft noise for his name for sure yeah don't be surprised if we lose small end right at the end of the season i'm with Very you possible. i'm with yeah. especially with the longevity uh, in the life of a running back let's yeah. get to the Get to the fun part. Receivers, man. Um, <laughs> so many of them. Yes. Uh, basically, at the X on the line of scrimmage, Brew behind him, Chaz Nimrod. At the Y, where I'm assuming they call this a Y, uh, Ramel Keaton. Notice the number change from 80 to number nine. Number nine behind him, Caleb Webb. Very excited about Caleb Webb. Hoping he's getting going to get some uh, meaningful snaps come Saturday. And then in the slot, fascinating to me. Squirrel or Thornton, who's going to be the first one to get a rep there, you know, come Saturday. Exactly, man. I'm right there with you. I'm fascinated for that position. Really, the slot more so than the outside guys because 
we know how reliable and trusty Brew and Ramel Keaton are. Uh, back real quick to Caleb Webb. I would love to see him, and hopefully not at the expense of another receiver, but love to get to see him get some of those Ramel Keaton 2022 opportunities this year because I think he's going to be a stud for a long time as a wide receiver. But all eyes for me um, to this point for what we've discussed will be on who's the first running back and is it Squirrel or is it Dante Thornton? Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Who, who knows? We might come out four wide. We'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, shifting gears to speaking of this would this would impact the tight ends Jacob Warren and or McAllen Castles who got a big frame both of them six five two fifty for Castles and six six two fifty four for Warren but I believe it's Housie who started to rave about Castles a little bit fullback in a tight end body can do or pretty versatile can do a number of different things wants to wants to bully you and run you over I like that yes. got a got a bit of a dog in him. I think we knew that about the tight end spot kind of coming into this. So I'll jump right into offensive line at left tackle, John Campbell or Gerald Mincy, uh, whom you'll both find at Waffle House after the game is over. Yeah. Florida <laughs> Le- boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're a little surprised to see Campbell win that left tackle spot. I thought when we acquired him, it was going to be more of a right tackle ordeal, but totally cool with it for sure. Yeah, we've spoken to some of the interesting things that the staff has done with who's who's at left tackle, who's at right tackle over the, the last couple of years. Um, and this one, I when I initially glanced at the depth chart, I missed that or. Uh, and all mm-hmm. the buzz out of talk shows and podcasts and everybody that, that covers Tennessee has been Campbell is your left tackle, not an or situation there. Yeah. It could be, you know, one of those things where coaching staffs love to do this uh, these days, but but, yeah, it sounds like Campbell, and I'm with you. I thought he was a right tackle coming in, especially because you have your same two left tackle options that you played a year ago to a lot of success. Mm-hmm. I think the and-or situation we're seeing on offensive line, a lot of it is just indicative on the health of Cooper. Yeah, that's that's, gonna, that's a very good point. He is impacting the line from left to right in totality. Mm-hmm. Left guard, uh, Andrew Carrick. Andredge, I don't know how to say his name. The Texas transfer, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, or Jackson Lampley or Ollie Lane. See, this is, I don't even know that this is game one depth chart. I, I feel that Hypel has just kind of put something out there just for the sake of being a CEO and having to do it. Yeah. I need that, I need that report on my desk by Monday. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, because Cooper Mays is listed at center and I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think that's happening against Virginia, barring a supernatural, a supernatural healing, maybe. Um, and if that's the case, it'll be Ollie Lane first at center. It sounds like snapping the ball left-handed. Shout out James Stone. Um, it'll be very interesting to watch and see. That's a throwback reference. That is a throwback, and hopefully he'll he'll avoid the issues that James Stone had early in his career. Moving mm. on, <laughs> but yeah, though how, how deeply that impacts the offensive line, especially the left guard, because. I think if Cooper was healthy, and let's say when Cooper's healthy, uh, I think Ollie Lane will shift over to left guard. But we'll obviously have to monitor that because Carrich has made a lot of noise lately where he wasn't making much noise early in fall camp. He wasn't hearing his name much. It sounded like he might not be a contributor yet, at least um, at Tennessee. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see because, I'll, that's that's again, that's kind of third in line for me, even though that's the order we're going in behind yeah. running back one, slot wide receiver, who's who the heck is at left guard and center. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I want to come back to center just for a second. Right guard, we knew this, Spragans behind him, Lampley. Right tackle, Jeremiah Crawford behind him, or Dane Davis. 
just coming back to center real quick. Um, let's say I, I love this what if stuff, man. I've I've gotten my. I mean, we basically built the the podcast off the back of what ifs and hypotheticals. What let's say Cooper never comes back. He just can't get it together. Yeah. How much does that impact our record? Oh man, that's that's tough because they, I mean, they talk about Jacob Warren as another coach on the field. Um, he's obviously not going to be unless his body has completely changed. The most versatile or athletic tight end on the field, but he's another coach on the field, and I think that's what Cooper Mays is too. I mean, his durability, which it, it's 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 wild that an injury is potentially holding him out to start the season, but uh, but but you know just from what we've seen of him, but. I think he's another coach out there. He's and man, this is a veteran group. We'll be talking a lot about offensive line yet again next year because of the guys will lose in graduation and onto the draft, so on and so forth. But he's a veteran. He's as tough as they come. Mm-hmm. I think he's a tone setter. So yeah. it really worries me if that's Ollie Lane or if that's Jackson Lampley, you name it, whoever it may be, uh, snapping the football. That worries me. But Offense, you know, the offensive line has been surprisingly solid or more solid than we thought it would be the last two years, and certainly in 2022. I mean, massive jump they took. You still have a quarterback that can be mobile if he's if he's piecing the, the things together mentally as he should be. I don't think it's a season killer where Tennessee's looking at 500 or seven and five. I still think your floor is around eight and four if you don't have Cooper Mays snap the ball for Tennessee this year. Um, I think I think that's the case. But him being there, I think, is really something that can bring out that ceiling, those higher ceilings that we've all talked about so much. Agreed. I think eight and four is a very real possibility if Cooper Mays is not um, anchoring down <laughs> the uh, offensive line. <clears throat> yeah, I would. I would really worry more about your your Texas A and M's, those games that we view as potential wins. Uh, but we know that Texas A and M has recruited the defensive line, bordering uh, Alabama and Georgia levels. Uh, they've done it really well. Those guys are only getting older, even though they they've got a lot of questions to answer themselves. But yeah, uh, but yeah, he's he's he really takes away from the ceiling to me more so than he takes away from your floor. I think that's really really fair. Really really fair. I don't know that I'd call the offensive line a position of concern. I don't know that I'm worried about it. It's obviously not our greatest strength. However, um, I like what our offense how it can help. An offensive line unit. Speaking of, let's go over to the defensive side. I want to just kind of knock out the defensive line real quick. Uh, let me. If you're looking at this same thing that we're looking at, and you're used to some kind of video game, you need to get this out of your head because this is yeah. not how this defense operates. Uh, but for the sake of what's on this paper, uh, you're probably looking at your strong side defensive end here. Uh, so it's going to be Tyler Barron or Dominic Bailey and Tyree West. Happy to see that. Yes. Um, I think I think we're going to see a lot of snaps with him this year. And then I like that we've got at list at tackle Amari Tom- Thomas and Omar Norman Lott as your two starting tackles. But with an or behind Lott uh, with Bryson Eason. And then an an unhealthy Elijah Simmons behind Thomas and a Kurat Garland. And then behind Eason on the other side, a Devin Hobbs, man, I really want him to get some playing time early. Yes, sir. Super excited for the the future of this position, man. Um, I think the only thing that we that Tennessee needs to continue to do at this point is 
is recruit more of these edge rushers that we're seeing commit, such as your Jordan Rosses, your Shandavian Bradleys, your, your herrings of, of this class and past classes. Uh, go ahead and beef up the tackle as much as you can. Get some depth there uh, because you've certainly got some veterans at those positions. Um, but, yeah, I, I like these names, especially your Dom Baileys, your Bryson Easons, the guys that have gotten buzz really for two camps in a row, two seasons, and then, and then a camp to follow. Mm-hmm. Love and and really excited about the future there, and I think this group could take a massive jump. Yes, yes. Getting over to the Leo position, this is basically your pure pass rusher, just depending on the package and the down and distance and whatnot. Um, otherwise, this is going to be your weak side defensive end. Looks like Roman Harrison has got that locked down behind him, James Pierce or Joshua Josephs, and then Caleb Herring behind those guys. Ex- that spot alone. It gets me elated. If, if yeah. we can, if we can get some kind of elite pass rusher, and they're 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 raving about Pierce, we got an idea about Josephs a little bit. A lot of snaps last year coming out of him. You know all the buzz regarding Caleb Herring. Leo's going to be fun to watch in the future. Yes, it is. Uh, got a, and this is uh, on the defense. You've got to make up for some production of Byron Young there because this is what he locked down and he basically held this position hostage unless Tennessee was demolishing someone. Then you saw. Uh, you know, you saw your Josh Josephs come in. You saw your Roman Harrisons come in. You need Roman Harrison to play like a true veteran, a a, a freak off the edge, and, and showcase that speed that we he obviously has. He's just got to be disciplined and and put it together in his best efforts. Or I got a feeling he will be on the bench with those three guys behind him. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. This is a now or never thing for Roman Harrison. I Certainly believe. is. If yeah, he's, he's been. It, He's been talked up since the moment he got here. Sorry to cut you off there, but he's no, been, you're good. They've Pruitt staff loved him. This staff likes him, I think, and and he's really gotten a lot of buzz this offseason specifically. Once Byron Young kind of relinquished the position, so it's now it is. I'm completely with you now or never. Go do something. Yep, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, let's shift to the linebacker. Super. I remember what going into the 21 season, where we're like, oh my gosh, linebacker. We got so many bodies now here. Like this is this is fantastic. Obviously, so this is going to be a lot like a 4-2-5 system. I don't know that I'd call it necessarily a a dominant nickel. Probably safer to call 4-2-5 because this is dominantly a two-linebacker system and your fifth DB can can be a nickel corner, can be a star, can be all kinds of things. But needless to say, I'm rambling. Two backers is what we're looking at, and you got to love our starting backers to take the field and Aaron Beasley Beasley and Grandpa Keenan Peely. Yes, dude. Grandpa Keenan Peely. Um, I'm so excited for these guys. Aaron Beasley finishing the season strong, getting getting kind of disrespected on your your talking season and your list season stuff. I like that. Getting left out should inspire yeah. him all the more. Yeah. He was he was just ferocious to end the season against Clemson, shot out of a cannon. He he was kind of starting to to tap into those right place at the right times yeah. moments that you've seen from other guys at that position. So need that from him. Love, love the leadership of Peely and the fact that the staff was excited about the athlete that he's, that he's looking like his older self mm-hmm. uh, coming back from injury and, mm-hmm. and just need these guys to really be two quarterbacks of the defense out here in both those guys. Yes. Yes. Behind Beasley lists uh, Kayla Perry and then, or Arian Carter, and then behind Peely, Elijah Herring, and then Jeremiah Tealander. And just in talks of the future, got to like the future of this position as well. I mean, if in two years we're staring at Arian Carter and Jeremiah Tealander and what we 
think they're going to be say mm-hmm. we're doing all right, man, especially with, with, with the buzz surrounding Carter's name. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, even some youngsters that didn't make the three D yet to this point that to be excited about the guys that are also committed in the 2024 class to be excited about, uh, you'll probably want to take you a veteran similar to Keenan Pilly entering 2024 because of uh, the fact that you will look, you know, you are going to lose Beasley and Peely. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot to like. So much young talent, it seems like. Young athletic talent that, that's been missing for a little while um, and and a lot to be excited about. When you, Two years ago, we were talking about our long snapper filling in at the position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly nothing against the guy, but certainly a, a massive upgrade from Solon Page. Yes, unfortunately it is. And uh, uh, really a lot to like there. For sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so I'll just tell you this is as long as Keelan Pilly, you know, does some great things, makes a great play, does something for me to warrant buying a, one of his jerseys, I will buy a jersey. And every room that I walk into, I will say, I wear your granddad's clothes. I look incredible. Okay. Just because he's an old man. All right. <clears throat> yeah, dude. He's like my age. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Making our way to the secondary corner, starting corners, Kamal Haddon or Warren Burrell. Interesting. God, Warren Burrell and the longer college football tenure than Hunter, Hunter Renfro at this point. <laughs> and then the other corner spot, Danico Slaughter or Gabe Judy Lally. What do you make of that? Oh, man, I was hoping – I was really hoping to avoid the oars here. That That's just my initial take when I was, when I was first pulling this list up. I want – Two dudes. I don't want four dudes. That's just me. That's just mm-hmm. me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way that you get closer to two dudes is that you look at probably the Nico Slaughter first. Um, he has not been cross. Tra- I just read this today. He has not been cross training this year. He has worked exclusively at corner. I think he showed a lot to like there in the Kentucky game specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had his moments where he got beat, but who on our secondary and across the sport last year didn't at some point get beat. Um, but again, I was hoping to avoid the oars here. I do like the position with Burrell coming back because he's been out for almost a full year at this point, seeing that he got hurt in, in game two last year. Um, and then Judy Lally is, the, again, the type of transfer that I like to bring in. He's been around the block. He's played in the SEC as a young a young guy at Vanderbilt. Um, I, like, I like what's coming here, but I was, again, hoping to avoid the oars and get some definite answers there just going into this game though I'm sure we'll have some separation coming out of those early games. Yeah, I'm just very interested to see who's going to take the first snaps at that position when UVA offense takes the field. Basically, going to be the same story as last year, it looks like, just with some different names substituted in there. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Judy Lally for Christian Charles. Uh, looks like Turnage is going to lock <clears throat> down that backup star spot. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, a, a healthy Warren in contrast to an unhealthy Warren last year. Anyway, Rotating bodies. I do like to see that we've got uh, Tamari McDonald locked down at the star position. The only thing that I would say about him is I just I just wish he could get together some better top end speed. Yeah, uh, def- you know, and that's kind of been the case with this position. Um, the only thing I think is that Theo Jackson handled the position so well in 2021. I think he covered up for his maybe athletic uh, deficiencies sure. in that year. Yeah, I'm with you, though. We need some more speed in that star position. I do like that Tamaria McDonald's basically had it locked down now for two full years at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that. I'm interested if it comes to turnings there because he obviously starred in the moments that Theo Jackson missed in 2021. So yeah. I like that. 
I am looking to the future when we're able to get some slightly better athletes in the position, but obviously yeah. rooting for those guys to, to bring back some of that Theo magic from 2021. Yep. Yep. And as far as the safety position goes, the Willie Martinez and Tim Banks have spoken yet again, and they're just going to play their veterans. That's what they're going to do. Jalen McCullough and Wesley Walker. Excited about Wesley Walker at that spot. Uh, Nice to know that he's got that locked down. Behind Jalen McCullough, Jordan Thomas, and then Will Brooks. Never heard of her. And then (laughs) behind Wesley Walker, Andre Turrentine, or Christian Charles. Hurts my heart. It does. It does. Hurts my heart just a bit. Um, sounds like McCullough's, as he should be, in the best shape that he's been in. Still worries me with some of the things that we've seen him miss and and all of that, not to beat a dead horse there because we've definitely talked about this. Uh, what really gets me, if anything, here at the safety position is that we we felt confident that Walker was going to take one of them. We, we almost knew that. It sounded like Turrentine was very close to edging out McCullough. Uh, whether it was due to McCullough's legal case from over a year ago now or just due to Turrentine being that the guy that he was coming out of high school. Yeah. Um, you know, a little disappointing, sure, but perhaps as the season goes, if if some of the mistakes that we've seen from those guys before happen, we will see Turrentine. We will see Christian Charles, some of those other guys. Uh, Jordan Thomas, obviously the youngest kind of guy that could factor in there being a true sophomore, but – Still some growth there. Still some roster improvements to go, and and maybe one day Willie Tim they will they will not favor the veteran quite as much as they do still. Maybe I think the the upside to this is with the amount of bodies we have on the back end and as many snaps as uh, our defense is going to see over the course of the year. I do like that we can potentially roll in another body and maybe not see as much as of a drop off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from Walker to Torrentine yeah. or Charles. I don't hate that. A uh, little more concerned about my, from McCullough to Jordan Thomas about that drop off. Yeah. However, however, a lot of positive there. And from what I remember in my conversation with Christian a few years ago, those safety positions are really interchangeable. Yeah. So do with that what you will. Uh, the kicking game, just very quickly. Jackson Ross is an Aussie, is he not? He is an Aussie. He played, he's an Aussie. Uh, I believe, professional Australian football. So he's played in front of some crowds, even though he's not played in front of you know the crowds that we know. Um, very interesting cat. I think he can he can provide you a rugby kick where he can he can just boot it like we're accustomed to seeing most of the time in in American college football. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, they're 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 raving about him. He's gonna saying he's gonna help us win some games at yeah. the kicker turn spot. We got D Williams or Cameron Selden. Excited about both of those. Obviously, D yes, Williams sir. electric when the ball is in his hand. I love what you mentioned way back when about potentially getting the ball in his hand on the offensive side of things. Over under, he has two kick returns for scores. I'm gonna go over more than two. Wow, I'm gonna go over. Man. Man, maybe he'll do two against uh, Virginia and Nashville. Uh, Cameron Selden's a much bigger body than I thought, 6'2", 220. That's a big body. Yes. A lot of speed like in that frame, which is uh, very, yeah. very exciting. For Yes. Man, I mean, you, that's what you want to have at the table to replace Jalen Wright and Jabari Small when their time does come to an end in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. All right, so now that we've knocked at the depth chart real quick, I just want to, before we start to talk Virginia, do you still feel the same about your Tennessee schedule prediction? I believe you finished them or predicted 10-2. and two. I believe I did. Ready and, to come yeah, come yeah. off that or stick by it? I'm going to stick by it. Um, 
I'm, I'm just going to stick by it. it. It feels weird, but more and more people are, are moving away. And this is what would bring me down if I were to come down, but it would be as my, as my whole sit up falls over, it would be battered vol syndrome. It would be PTSD that would bring me down. And mm. I just, I'm moving away from it, man. I'm, I'm trusting the staff. Um, even, even with Milton. Um, I mean, I think he's only gotten better, including garbage time, including the orange bowl. I think he's only gotten better. Mm-hmm. I think he's surrounded by veterans and, mm-hmm. and obviously a, tra- a staff that I feel like we should trust at this point. So I'm going to stick with my 10 and two. Okay, cool. I'm going to stick with 93. Uh, however, I am okay with changing out that third loss from either Kentucky to an A&M. I just like the setup better for us in the A&M game than I do the Kentucky game. Uh, I'm going to stick by nine and three. All right. So with that said, game week, let's talk Virginia, even though there's not much to talk about other than Tony yeah. Elliott, you know, I wasn't running his mouth, but taking shots, I guess. I mean, what do you, what do you make of that whole thing with him? Uh, to me, you know, everybody's like, Oh, that's my AD, Danny White, yada, yada. I'm so look at him. He used to say text to buddy. Now he's throwing shots at Tony Elliott. It doesn't, I don't like it that much it's it's whatever it's not the end of the world um but i i just didn't feel see a need for it i mean i think we're above that now um i don't think the shot was necessary and tony elliott only implied that there was an offer that he had something to think over he didn't say you know i turned him down or i feel like i'm in a better which would be you know asinine to say i feel like i'm in a better spot at virginia he didn't say any of that stuff he gave props to hypel said he was happy for him um he seemed very complimentary even Newer stuff that I've heard since. What positions do you fear? I think that was the question. He was like, all of them. <laughs> like he's, I think he knows what could be coming um, if Tennessee plays their A game. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really love it. I just didn't think it was necessary. Tony Elliott seems like a nice guy, even though I'm obviously ha- happy that we have Hopple instead of him. Uh, that's just my take on it, though. I, if if you're like, if that's your take, I've got no issue with that. I, I understand that because we have seen way too much passiveness uh, from Tennessee and administrators and coaches and teams for goodness yeah. sakes. So yeah. it, it's just, I didn't think it was necessary. It is kind of funny though. I will give you that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so Virginia coming off a three and seven season in Tony Elliott's first year. This is their first losing season since 2016. They return nine starters. Couldn't tell you a single one of their names. Uh, their quarterback is going to be this Monmouth transfer. Never Tony heard of this. Musket. Tony Musket. Looked up his numbers very quickly. Just shy of 2,000 yards, 1,997 yards, 17 scores, eight picks. Nothing about that concerns me. No. I get the game is not played on paper. However, they're also having to replace their top four receivers. They're supposedly rebuilding their offensive line. This game, so the reason I even want to talk about this is, oh, they do have a, Clemson transfer. Kobe Pace. Kobe Pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not enough, by the way. No. I mean, you're going to need way more than that. However, so the reason I want to talk about this game is because I like how this sets up for us with the timing of new Q for us, Joe Milton. uh, It's an opportunity for him uh, and the Austin P game to get into a rhythm. I mean, it's one thing to rep and practice against your own dudes. It's another thing to do it. Uh, when the lights are on, when it's an actual game, when it means something, right? Mm-hmm. When, when if you throw a pick or a score, it has value and weight. 
you're judged, you're criticized, you're under the spotlight, all the things, right? You know, SEC network game, nationally televised, whatever. Mm-hmm. If this was last year's schedule, I'd be a little bit more nervous with a much better pit. Oh, however, yeah. however, with all that being said, like how this has fallen into place for a guy like Joe Milton. Yeah, a lot to lock here. I think the most alarming thing for anyone that's concerned for Virginia or is a fan of them is that the corners are new. Um, I think there's a transfer transfer or two there, but they're new to Virginia. Um, they lose uh, Fentrell Cypress. Is that um, did, I, did I get that right? Fentrell Cypress. Yep, yep. Yeah, they lose him. They I think they had an all ACC t- uh, duo of corners that they lose. Obviously, he was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's alarming. Uh, Monmouth. I mean, you were you were about to say it. I cut you off again. Who? I mean, what? <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm I'm very sorry, Tony. <laughs> Musket, I'm not familiar with your work, and this yeah. is a very bad setup for them, a very good setup for Tennessee. All the reasons you mentioned for Joe Milton, for mm-hmm. any any bit of newness at Tennessee, it's 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 a good setup. Part of me does wish it was BYU. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I would like to I'd like to have that barometer on the road. I would like to cleanse that loss from a few years ago, just further mm-hmm. out the system. But mm-hmm. for the purposes of 2023 Tennessee football, this is a better setup. You're not far from home, they're no gonna doubt. do some recruiting. And you're probably, I mean, you're probably looking at if you play an average game, you're a three touchdown winner. I mean, you're already predicted. Vegas has got you at four touchdowns. So I mean, mm. not much to like for Virginia in this one, and that's it's crazy. Yeah, I think I would feel a little bit different if Brandon Armstrong was still there for them. Yeah, football player and a quarterback body who can do a number of different things. Or however, if it was Bronco Mendenhall still. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I just it, it could potentially get worse for Virginia this go around. Anyway, um, any anything else as we begin to shut this down and and it's Monday at the time of this recording of game week, so only a handful of days left. That's it, man. Only a, only a, a small few count on one hand number of days left before we get to the action. Uh, they yeah. do have a little bit a little bit of Tennessee orange on their team, although. The guy never actually played for us, but excuse me if I'm not mistaken. Didn't Cody Brown commit to the Pruitt staff running back? Mm-hmm. Went to like Miami. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. on the he's on the roster now. Oh, okay. Un- unfortunately, if you if you try to dig into a Virginia depth chart, which there is not on their social media as of around noon today or, or two o'clock today, there's not one. But if you search that information, you look at SI or or some of the the p- publications that do that type of work, he's not mentioned. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Kobe Pace, though, they did add him, and they have a guy that run for three or 400 yards over his career to this point. So that'll be their guys. I got you. Uh, quick trivia question before you bounce here. The greatest Tennessee volunteer ever to graduate from Virginia? That is a trick question. It is rubbish, and I will not participate. Because Derek. I think there's only one. Derek Dooley says hello, y'all. Bye-bye, Derek. <laughs> I hope we rub it in just for that reason alone. <clears throat> yep. We don't need no, law- no more lawyers. <laughs> no more lawyers. Uh, we'll talk predictions and you know maybe some score predictions towards the end of the week. We'll be back towards the end of the week with some week one previews and discussions. Uh, we do not deserve the week one that we are getting. The the Lord Jesus Christ is being so good to us. So, so good. Um, anyway, with that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, we've been experiencing a little bit of growth lately, even though we've been rather inconsistent, you know, we have jobs. Don't mind us. 
So it'd be great if you could hit like and hit subscribe. Tell somebody. It's football season. It is time. It is here. The greatest thing you can do is push, push like, push subscribe, drop a comment. But you know what? Your guys' opinions are stupid, but I like listening to you. We thank you for that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, with that said, we love you guys. God bless. Go balls. GBO.